Robert Griffin III took a devastating beatdown by Jay Gruden, and all it took was one tweet. Hello, everybody. This is William Del Pilar, and this is Points on the Board. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We truly appreciate your support. Look, as most of the sports world knows, especially the NFL world, there was a war that took place, a brief battle at least, between Jay Gruden and Robert Griffin III. It's obvious RG3 is still bitter in her. I mean, he's an NFL bust who was taken second overall. And for good reason, he's seen as a bust. He had one good rookie year and everything went to hell. And he was at fault with some of it because of the drama he created by not listening to people who were actually telling or trying to help him and by believing he was something he was not at that point in time. <laughs> the problem with Robert Griffin is during his time in Washington, there appears to not have been a veteran who could take in the locker room, who could take him to the side, help him navigate his immaturity and teach him, hey, son, this is how things are done. This is what you need to do. Give him good, proper advice. And that ended his career in Washington. And for all intents and purposes, his injuries he suffered in Washington, a devastating, devastating knee injury, ended his playing career. And it was all his fault because of the way he handled it, the way he went behind a two-time Super Bowl winning uh, quarterback, the way he refused to acknowledge a, a head coach who was also young and inexperienced and trying to develop him into a drop-back passer, which is what he wanted. So it was just a bad mix. And the one the one tying individual in all this that wasn't helping anybody is Dan Snyder. And RG3 chose to align himself with one of the worst owners in NFL history. And it turned out badly for him. So who is Robert Griffin III? Look, Quarterback coming out of Baylor, playing in an unconventional offense where they use his speed, his skill, uh, his unique talent to make things happen. So in essence, he was a quasi running back playing the quarterback position and destroying subpar competition coming out of Baylor. Not his fault. Look at Alabama's schedule. I mean, these teams will play three to four tough games a year. Uh, in the SEC, maybe a couple more, but then the rest are squishes. And that's how they build up their, their numbers or data uh, that they show to the world. He took a Baylor Bears team that was expected to be bad, and he guided them to a 10-3 record, uh, I believe, his final year. He was a good decision maker. He completed 72.3% of his passes. He threw 37 TDs and only had six picks that year. A great arm. I remember his arm strength. I was like, dang, for a bony kid, that guy has a rocket of an arm. And he was fast, a Big 12 track champion in the 400-meter hurdles. He was smart both on and off the field. He graduated Baylor with, I believe it was a 3.67, 3.67 GPA. And then he began working on his master's. He was on paper, man, you know, this guy here should be uh, an incredible uh, pro quarterback, except for the fact he never ran a uh, pro style offense. He won the Heisman Trophy and from the get go, when you saw him in interviews, when you talked to him, you saw that he was a very likable person. I'm not sure if we were at the Combine at that point in time, but we used to go to the Combine every year. You know, Washington gave up the farm for him, made one of the largest pre-draft trades in NFL history, giving up three first-round picks. That's right. It wasn't Trey Lance was in the first one. And a second-round pick to move up from number six to pick him at number two. 
One concern with Griffin is he did tear his ACL his sophomore year, so that should have been a red flag. His size should have been a red flag. The fact that he was the small quarterback, not in height, but in size, all of those were red flags. And and the ACL injury should have been, okay, this guy, this kid has been hurt and can get hurt. We need to be careful with him. And they really weren't. Again, he wasn't developed as a passing quarterback. And forcing him to be one so soon without the experience would hurt him. His first head coach, Mike Shanahan, knew that, saw that, and kept trying to tell him that. He was a rushing, he was a mobile running quarterback. The read option was his strength. He ran a 4-4-1 in a 40-yard dash. It was the second fastest time at the combine uh, in history at his position. He was, again, but he was underdeveloped as a drop-back passer, and that was going to take time. And again, Mike Shanahan kept trying to tell him. Instead, what happened after Shanahan got fired, uh, uh, Jay Gruden and 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 others realized this guy's never going to be a, a quality drawback passer. Or by the time he becomes one, he'll have gotten me fired because he's just not good enough to win right now. So that kind of ended his career. Him wanting to be well, not wanting to run anymore, and wanting to be a, a pure play drawback passer. I mean, he he really thought he was. Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, uh, Tom Brady. And maybe he could have become one had he listened to the people trying to steer him straight versus Dan Snyder and his dad. Oh, man, fathers and parents can be the worst person for your child when they think they're helping them, but in reality they're not. Being too overprotective, uh, too much uh, 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 bad love versus tough love. Now, when he was drafted, he became the Washington Redskins starter. And in the third round, people forget, but Kirk Cousins was drafted too. When I saw that draft, I'm like, that's a red flag. Something's up that they're taking this quarterback here. Uh, uh, so they were kind of ensuring themselves because they probably saw that RG3 was so raw, they wanted a little bit of insurance. And that's natural. I don't blame them. So, you know, his rookie season, he suffered a knee injury in week 14 on a hit by Haloti Negata. And the team was down eight points in driving. He tried to keep the play going in uh, the pressure. That's right. That's what I was going to say. The pressure, Mike Shanahan said, Dr. James Andrew, who is one of the premier surgeons when it comes to ACL and knee injury, ACL tears, MCL tears, uh, and knee injuries in general, uh, one of the premier doctors. Uh, and Shanahan said that Griffin gave him the 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 the, the, the James Andrews gave Griffin the A O K as he put it. And here's the quote: I said, "Hey, Dr. Andrews, can Robert go back in? Yeah, he can go back in. Robert, go back in." And that was it per Shanahan. Uh, <laughs> this was in 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 2012 in January of 2013. Andrews, Dr. Andrews said that conversation never happened. You know, Griffin didn't even let him look at it. You know, he came off the field, walked through the sidelines, circled back through the players and took off to the field. Uh, so they didn't even get to touch him or talk to him. And, and Dr. Andrews said it scared the hell out of him. But Olandis Gary, if I remember, he played like a full quarter, you know, with a torn ACL or, or a torn knee. So it's not unheard of. He entered, re-entered the game, played about four downs. You could clearly see he was limping. Eventually, he came off the field. Kirk Cousins came in, threw a touchdown, got a two-point conversion, and Washington won in overtime. The injury at the time was revealed to be a mild LCL sprain. And why is this important? Because it was his injury, the fact that he was injury-prone, that led to his eventual demise. 
Uh, and he was injury prone because he refused to listen to the coaches who told him, you need to slide. You know, Mike Shanahan in an interview said, look, the read, the, you, you, you know, the read option, there's a responsibility to the quarterback not to get hit and or throw the ball away. You know, it's, it's like, don't get hit. You know, Griffin prided himself on taking that hit, fighting for the last yard. And But you look at his size, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work long term. And it didn't. You know, so on January 6, 2013, Griffin was cleared to play in Washington's playoff game against Seattle. He wore a knee brace. I remember that game. I remember him slightly limping. And it was obvious the knee was not 100% or good enough for him to play without limping. Uh, took some big hits, you know, ended up going back to the locker room. Wanted to come back to the game. And Shanahan let him. Now, that's on Shanahan, you know, but what was the doctor? What did the doctor say? Who knows? Evidently, this was a bad idea from the get-go, as as we all know. He was limping. His mobility, which was such a key factor for him, was gone. And he got hit a lot on plays he would have naturally escaped from, and he didn't. Then uh, the fourth quarter, that's it. The fourth quarter, his knee buckled. <laughs> You know, it's like you can only take so much pain and punishment. I've been there with a bum ankle. You know, it doesn't matter how much you wrap it. It's just not going to be the same. So who to blame for RG3's injury that season became a topic of debate. Why didn't Shanahan pull his QB? I asked that question. I'll ask it to this day. You know, other, some morons out there said, oh, you know, he needs to learn how to play hurt. And let me define hurt. And injured. And Shanahan, of all people, is the one who said this. Look, if you're hurt, you can play. If you're injured, you can't. And there's a difference. You know, there's a difference between having pain, like, man, I'm beat up, versus I'm injured. And that's that's what these, these individuals are referring to. He was injured. He wasn't hurt. Others pointed out that Washington's field was in terrible condition, and you know, eh, okay, whatever. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it was their home field, you know. Nevertheless, he had a great, successful first season. However, no playoffs, second season, and they came out with a. They ended up with a three and thirteen record. You know, so I'm trying to think how to word this. You know, uh, the devastating knee injury that, that that eventually he had. You know, it was the same ligament that he had strained earlier. It was revealed to actually be a completely torn LCL and ACL requiring total reconstruction. But when he had surgery, it was also came out that they found a torn meniscus in there as well. Publicly, they were very optimistic to this injury. You know, and in February, the team said there was a legitimate chance he would be able to start week one. I was looking at that. I remember my company was one of the best in the world, ranked in the top 2,000 uh, in traffic. Uh, every NFL general manager, every agent, and quite a few players came to our site for our hot off the wire news. That was player news, our creation. Uh, Rotowire uh, at the time had something similar, but we just blew them out of the water in the quality of the content and how many posts. I mean, we were king. And I remember this. I'm like, He's not going to be ready to start by week one, you know. And then in June, I'll be ready to go by training camp. We were like flabbergasted. We're like, no, none of this is going to happen. Optimism faded as the season got closer. And you couldn't blame Griffin. He wanted to play, and the team wouldn't let him, and they were protecting their investment. He told the media that he was upset Mike Shanahan was holding him out of 11-on-11 11 11 drills until several weeks into training camp. 
you know, again, when you're young, you're dumb and you think you're invincible. He was no different. A premier athlete in college, world class uh, 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 track star. You know, he thought he was invincible. Obviously, he, he he wasn't. Griffin was never the same after the surgery. His legs were no longer the legs that allowed him to thrive in college. You know, he showed aspects of what he could be his rookie year. But in the pros, he never became, his legs weren't able to elevate him to what he was in college. And once the injury happened, he, he was not the same. He struggled and he struggled then to adapt as a pocket passer, just not very good. And he had a cannon of an arm, incredibly intelligent. And it just, why didn't it happen? Well, soap opera drama. You know, the big hoopla between Jay Gruden and, 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 and RG3, one of the things that RG3 talked about was that, Gruden told him to throw his teammates under the bus, and that's not true. Gruden probably told him, "You need you need to be a leader of this team," you know. And 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 I heard the press conference. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He put himself on par with his teammates, and that's what a good leader does. Hey, we're playing like crap. We're playing like dirt, but we got to come together. You know, your typical stuff that you say in the locker room. He just said it publicly. And uh, uh, I think that's a big contention uh, uh, or that's a big contentious issue with him towards Gruden because he says Gruden told him to say that, to have that type of press conference and Gruden dressed him down to the team and acted like he never requested that. And that's on Gruden, if true, you know, but that seems silly. It seems like uh, something small there, uh, 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 not really relevant. Uh he's hanging on to uh, because technically he may be right. But again, I heard the press conference. He really didn't throw anybody under the bus. He was saying, we suck and we got to come together as a team. And guess what? The Redskins sucked and they never came together as a team. <laughs> so let's get to February 5th, 2013, the Snyder Shanahan feud. Snyder wanted RG three to be a drawback passer, obviously for various reasons, his personal opinion, protecting his investment, believing with that cannon arm he could do it. Uh, that's what he wanted. And RG3 and Dan Snyder, I don't know how tight they became, but they became allies against Mike Shanahan. It led to a power struggle, and a lot of dirty laundry was made public, uh, uh, along with Griffin's uh, injury, which one report said was gruesome, and that is a, a good word for it. You know, his own future was in doubt because uh, at the time, the question was, can he get back to his uh, previous form? Nobody knew, even though most people did not think so because of how devastating that injury was. Snyder uses RG3 as a proxy. So what's that mean? It means Snyder's what he wants out of this uh, 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 relationship with Shanahan that's getting worse by the day. He used Robert Griffin III to try to get his way. Again, Snyder apparently felt that the best way to ensure Griffin's health and protect his franchise's future, which is legitimate, was to change his playing style. Play less zone read, uh, style running plays, and spend more time in the pocket as a passer. Shanahan felt Schneider's opinions and his relationship with Griffin undermined him. He knew RG3 was a read option quarterback first. That's where his strength was, and that it would take them a long time to develop him as a dropback QB. In an interview with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, I assume it was on Undisputed, uh, you know, he said, Look, 
I saw him play as a drop back passer. He was nervous. He was, he didn't have that comfort ability, that that, that comfortness. Uh, he was uncomfortable. So it would take him a long while. But he says he told RG3, it'll take you as fast as you were willing to learn. And that was the problem. He wanted to skip over the learning phase and just start doing it. So Snyder kind of undermined his ability to coach Griffin and get him to play his most effective style and create a transition plan to get him to become a more drop back uh, quarterback. And look, and what Shanahan was saying to doing is the norm. John Elway, Steve Young, you know, uh, a lot of rushing quarterbacks. They Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, you know, uh, they learn. Got to stop the mobility and taking off when I feel a little uncomfortable and start learning how to drop back and throw the ball. You know, the only one who I've seen come in and do that right away was Russell Wilson. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes learned it pretty quick, too. But Russell Wilson came right on in, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy used his legs to buy time. And, oh, my God, he bought time, and he could go deep. He was incredible. I love Russ, uh, Russell Wilson and what he brought to the game, and he'll never get the credit he deserves. But going back to RG3, he was uncomfortable as a drop back. Snyder was undermining Shanahan. Uh, again, Shanahan's uh, thought the best career track for him early on was for him to understand uh, 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 you need to get comfortable throwing the uh, the ball when you are in a pocket, but you also need to get comfortable throwing the ball away when you're doing the read option and sliding to avoid hits, and he did not. Pitch it or throw it away or run out of bounds. The rift eventually became irreconcilable. And there's a great article. It's by uh, Jordan Heck called Dan Snyder used RG3 as a puppet for Redskins, Mike Shanahan says. So so if you get a chance, check that out. A lot of good information. So February 5th, 2013, Griffin ordered a meeting with Coach Mike Shanahan, Offensive Coordinator Kyle Shanahan, and Quarterbacks Coach Matt LaFleur. These are... An individual who's got two Super Bowl rings as a head coach, Kyle Shanahan's multiple NFC championship or uh, championship games and been to a Super Bowl. Uh, Matt Lafleur is, is a coach who's been to the playoffs. And the reason I bring this up is everybody wants to play Jay Gruden. Oh, he sucked. He did this. He was that. He sucked. 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 He had a great staff that has gone on to earn accolades. They didn't suck. They had an owner that created a bad, terrible culture that kind of made it bad and unworkable, untenable, and created no success from players on up to management. So with Snyder's blessing, February 5th, 2013, Griffin calls a meeting demanding changes be made to the offensive schemes. And so so from the article, you know, Griffin instructed the coaches to let him speak uninterrupted and roll through a list of grievances, stressing that substantive changes had to occur immediately. Scrap the pass protection scheme and start over, Griffin demanded. 19 plays, primarily those from the 50 series and quarterback draws, were unacceptable. So Griffin was dictating to a Super Bowl winning quarterback who had a mobile quarterback early in his career and who eventually became a drop back passer. John Elway. You know, and he also worked with Steve Young in San Francisco as the offensive coordinator, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure that that is correct. Griffin supported his presentation with video clips of plays. And he expected these plays to be dropped from the playbook. Hey, I'm the star quarterback. My boss is Dan Snyder. 
your boss. We're aligned. You better do what I tell you. <laughs> Griffin said, I'm a drop back quarterback, not a running quarterback. <clears throat> and that was brutal because by his own admission, he refused to slide and would always try to extend play. So he was trying to remove his natural strength because he refused to properly play that style of football. He could have gone about this differently, uh, especially with the fact that his injuries were legitimate that he could get from running. But his injuries he got were because of his own doing and refusing to listen to sound advice and letting his youth and invincibility and I'm a man belief uh, wrongly dictate uh, his style of play. And that decision ended up destroying his career. Now, Mike Shanahan, as this was all happening, he listened in on the meeting. He heard that, you know, he, what he said was, I'm hearing Dan Snyder's voice. You know, as, as, as RG3's talking, Shanahan's saying, look, this is coming from Dan. And I guess RG3 used the term unacceptable. And Shanahan uh, said, you know, hey, that's a term, that's a phrase Snyder uses all the time, you know. And RG3 was entering his second season and had the cojones to do this is how Shanahan looked at it. And to him, he was taken aback because second-year player has this big of cojones. It's because <coughs> he has the owner in his corner. Look, he had his best year for a rookie in, in, in the game's history. Got selected to the Pro Bowl, went to the playoffs, you know, but he refused to slide per Shanahan. They tried to get him to throw the ball away per Shanahan. Shanahan even said, look, I would have taken him out of the playoff game if he was hurt. Doctor said he was okay. You know, he said he was okay. So what Shanahan said was to hear him talk like that, it was he used the term incredible, you know, taken aback, aghast. So after the meeting, Shanahan said he was disappointed because he knew where RG3 was going with this. He knew where RG3's dad was going. So my assumption is that his father was in, in, in that conversation. And that's kind of like they're putting the head coach in the corner. The head coach could have ended it. Could have said, go bleep yourself. You play for me, you're going to play my way. But Shanahan's not ignorant. He's not dumb. Whether what he thought of Snyder and RG3 at that moment in time didn't matter. He was being a professional about it. He felt it was up to him to make sure he could convince RG3, hey, you got to run now because you don't have a drop back game. But you, but you but we'll get you there, you know. And 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 Shanahan himself says he's to blame for not being able to get the kid to understand that. You know, uh, uh, and Shanahan also said that RG3 truly thought he was Aaron Rodgers. He thought he believed he was Aaron Rodgers. And maybe he could have become Aaron Rodgers, but he was no Aaron Rodgers at that time. You know, and the truth of the matter is, as as Shanahan told him about Kirk Cousins, who did not run the, uh, 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 the read option, uh, it's like he's not you, RG3. He's Kirk Cousins. That's not his strength. So what Shanahan was trying to tell him, these are your strengths. These guys have their own strengths. You can become these guys, but this is your strength that we need to play to as we develop the drop-back game. Obviously, Shanahan being a strong man, being, being a successful man, a Super Bowl-winning head coach, something uh, Snyder never was as an owner, never became after, what, nearly 30 years of owning a team? Uh, this is the quote I found. Snyder, uh, Shanahan confronts Snyder. Hey, Dan, 
For a quarterback to come to me, a veteran coach, and share these things, number one, he can't be the sharpest guy to do something like that, or he's got to feel very good about the owner backing him up. And since you have been telling me from day one that he's a dropback quarterback and we should do more dropback, and you guys have spent the last couple of months together, I would think, or at least the last month, that this is an extension of you. And look. It's been proven. Snyder's a liar. He's just a vile little man. Uh, he's one of these internet entrepreneurs, right place, right time, uh, with his only doing was being at the right place, right time, not his intelligence, not his ability to do the business, being at the right place, right time, just like Mark Cuban was with his internet radio, Yahoo Bought It for Billions. That's how Snyder was able to afford the uh, the uh, uh, Redskins. He, he, he got his money out of nowhere, being at the right place at the right time, technologically. Uh, uh, but he was a bad person. It still is. He denied all this. Now, Shanahan lasted the season. He got fired December 30th, 2013. Washington fires Mike Shanahan. January 9th, 2014, Washington hires Jay Gruden. So I've kind of set you up for the situation in hand. Drafted as a read option quarterback by Shanahan. Snyder's the one who really wanted him, but Snyder wanted him as a drop back. Injuries kind of brought all this to a head. Shanahan loses the battle uh, with Snyder and RG3. They fire him. RG3 goes uh, 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 <laughs> into the 2014 season thinking, hey, I got my boy Jay Gruden here. I'm going to become a drop back passer. And obviously Jay Gruden told uh, Dan Snyder before he got hired, yeah, I, I can turn him into a, a, a drop back passer. Gruden was hired because of his West Coast passing philosophy, in which the quarterback drops back, stays strong in the pocket, goes through his reads, and throws the ball, darts the ball out there instead of making plays with their feet first. And that's key because when you have mobility, you can really uh, uh, turn that, that, that West Coast offense, whatever version you're running, into a true beast of an offense. Uh, but Gruden came in there to teach him to be a drawback quarterback. And that's what Snyder wanted all along. However, Gruden, uh, per Gruden and per the drama, Griffin was too cautious reading defenses and displayed poor footwork and had no pocket presence uh, for a player in his third season. And this was legit. I remember the time, like, yeah, he's going to fail. He's got to transition into it. And he just wants to go all in and, uh, uh, by reading defenses, he was going too slow going through his reads, or he wasn't making the proper reads. With bad footwork, no pocket presence, that's just disaster. That is just disaster waiting to happen, and that is what happened. Look, Jay Gruden eventually felt RG3 would take too long or couldn't be the quarterback his system needed. And by taking too long, a coach has a lifespan, too. They can't wait forever on a player. You either get the job done or I got to find a quarterback who will, because if not, I'm going to be out of a job. So that's not selfishness. That's just looking at the overall big picture because the owner's all over your back to win now too, or he's going to fire you. Yeah. So obviously tensions escalated between Gruden and Griffin. Gruden eventually permanently benched RG3. You know, look again, record-setting rookie campaign with the Redskins, 2011 Heisman Trophy winner. But once he got to the NFL, he wanted to do everything different. Everything, all... The, the style play, the style of play that brought the college awards, the Heisman Trophy, 
uh, all the rookie accolades, he did not want anything to do with it. So eventually he was replaced by Kirk Cousins, who was taken again in the same draft as Griffin. Robert Griffin went 14 and 21 as a starter in three years in Washington. A few years later, I, I may be rehashing a few of the comments already made, but a few years later, Shanahan was being interviewed on a radio show. And they asked him, well, did the injuries hurt RG3? I think injuries did uh, destroy long-term his career, uh, but it wasn't the injuries that ended it prematurely. Uh, and Shanahan, to quote him, I don't think getting hurt has anything to do with it. This was on a show called The Grant and Danny Show on 106.7 The Fan. And I got this off of CSNWashington.com. Got to give credit where it's due. And, and like I did with the other article. And this is what Shanahan said. He didn't have a route tree or playbook in college. That does take some time. If you take a QB like that, you must run the kind of system that allows them to be successful. Obviously, <laughs> the read option. I really believe Robert thought he was more of a drop back quarterback. He hasn't done things the NFL asks you to do. It does take some growing pains, and you better really work on it inside and out. What he's saying is, we got to put you in a situation where you can be successful and we can win. And if you want to be a drop-back quarterback, that's going to take time. You haven't done the things in the NFL that a drop-back quarterback can do. And it's going to take a lot of hard work from you. You're going to have to work your butt off, and you're going to have to be uh, you're going to have to play my style as we teach you the style you will eventually grow to. Griffin actually thought he was in an impossible situation because he thought Shanahan didn't want him. But the real problem per Shanahan is that RG3 wouldn't listen to him. And the data backs that up, him aligning himself with Snyder, him demanding of his head coach what will happen of his general manager of 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 the offensive coordinator of of the quarterback's coach you know so he didn't want to listen he goes this is how we're going to do it and i got the owner backing me up this was a drama that i was shaking my head at and i was bummed because i loved both andrew luck and rg3 fantasy football was our bread and butter and both were studs at, at, at the, with, with a high ceiling and I thought RG3 was the better stud for fantasy purposes because of the mobility of his legs. And he was such a nice guy. You couldn't help but like him. So everybody's rooting for him. And as I'm learning this, and I had a reporter in every locker room at the time. There was somebody on uh, Twitter who criticized a comment I made about after he got traded to Cleveland. You know, he wanted a fresh start, a potential opportunity to show what he could do, and then maybe go from there and go elsewhere. And uh, uh, the moron says, oh, Lamar Jackson was 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 a quarterback. There. No, I'm talking about Cleveland, you moron. And he goes, you can Google this. I'm like, I was there. And I hit the lead on that. Sometimes you just got to let it go. There's too many morons. Out. X, I used to say Twitter is great at exposing the ignorant and the stupid. And that tweet was one where that stupid, ignorant fool was exposed. And I chose to walk away, but it still burns me up. People who don't know, weren't there, didn't see it, they have all the answers. Kind of like people in politics who actually don't get involved, but they want to tell you how to run this country. <laughs> but again, Griffin thought that <clears throat> Shanahan didn't want him or like him, and Shanahan said no. The real problem was that Griffin wouldn't listen to anybody. So, the RG3 versus Jay Gruden beef. 
what started the beef? It was social media again. Jay Gruden was commenting on the Eagles game. If I ever put a QB through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz. And RG3 came back with a, say what? <laughs> and that's where it all began. You know, one thing I don't really believe or when you say certain things as a leader or a manager to somebody under you, you really walk the fine line because you got to praise them, but you got to give them tough love. So sometimes you say certain things to kind of throw a shade on yourself to get the individual to understand the bigger picture. And this is one of those type of comments. RG3 telling Gruden that, he, that Gruden told him he didn't know how to coach a QB who could throw and run like him. So he accuses Gruden of not being prepared. That's hogwash. Any head coach, any coach, any manager, any leader is going to go, oh, my God, not only can he do the position or, or play the position in the style we want him to, he also has these extra skills to go with it. It was the exact opposite. RG3 had no skill as a drop back quarterback. You know, so Gruden's probably also thinking, I'm speculating a, a little bit here, uh, uh, but RG3 is known through throw-out bombastic, I was going to say tweets, but they're not tweets, but bombastic posts on X that are the furthest from the truth as you can get. Because he's just trying to make an impact, get attention, you know, for himself, for his job, for ESPN. He just throws a lot of crap out there that are, isn't always true. This is one of those. You know, Gruden responded back, you are right. We didn't have a good enough staff. Sorry, hope is all well with you. He wanted to let it go. And a little sarcasm there because that staff, just two of the players alone were Kyle Shanahan and, and Matt LaFleur. So he had a pretty damn good staff. You know, I think I have it in my notes. Hopefully we'll get to it in a bit. RG3 wouldn't let it go. Gruden didn't want a public beef. You could tell, you can read it. I have been in leadership positions. I have been in management positions. I have been in life or death situations. So I'm reading this and I know exactly what's happening. Been there, done that, you know. So Gruden didn't really want the public beef, but RG3 felt, okay, I got him where I want him now. He's backing down. He's not pushing back and he wouldn't let it go. The whole story was told on Griffin's podcast. That's where the press conference uh, story came out, uh, uh, where he said Gruden asked him to call out his teammates in the press conference. Griffin did. And, and when Griffin was roasted for his comments, he claims his head coach did not have the balls, quote, have the balls to stand up for him. Here's my problem is reporters aren't leaders. They've never been in management. They've never been leaders. Two-thirds of them have never even played sports. There was your couch potato who loved sports. And became journalists. How do I know? I worked with over 200 reporters in a 10-year span. I went to the Senior Bowl, the Combine. I went to all these events. My whole world consisted of reporting for a while. My company was seen as a news media company. We got in as the press at all these events. So I told my guys, we got to become reporters. A couple of our editors were journalistic, uh, uh, had journalism degrees. These people who were roasting him for his comments, they weren't managers. They weren't leaders. They did not understand what he was trying to do, nor did they care. And so it goes on today. In Griffin's mind, he did what he was told. He was told to challenge his teammates, and he did. It was. I thought it was, as a head coach, I would have stuck up for him. I would have lambasted, look, this guy's a leader. He's telling you what the deal is. We all suck. We all got to get better. Schmuckatelli's got to get better. I got to get better. Schmickatelli's got to get better. That's leadership. That's management. You do it in an attackful way. That press conference, there was nothing derogatory about it. RG3 says, uh, 
Gruden undressed Griffin in a press conference. So not only did he fail to take responsibility, but he disrespected Griffin in front of the media as well. And then at a team meeting, he did the same thing. And uh, I have mixed feelings because the head coach shouldn't do that. But you got to look at Griffin's past. He'd already gone to Snyder. Gruden was only hired because of RG3's blessing. Can you work with this guy? Yes, I can. He wants to make me a drop back passer. You know, so it's not like they were a unified quarterback with his head coach. No, it was the head coach being told what to do by the owner and the player. Eventually, that grates on a head coach, especially when the player has no skill to run the offense being implemented, the West Coast offense. So what this is is Griffin's perspective. Take it as you will. There's truth to it. But then comes the death blow. There's a cool comic book character called a death blow. Uh, ever since a, a kid, I read that, 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 that term, death blow. I always thought it'd be a cool superhero name, supervillain. You know, he who lurks in the night, death blow. <laughs> so, what was a death blow? Gruden had had enough. And he sent a tweet out stating, you weren't good enough. Kirk was better. Cleveland didn't want you. Baltimore did either. What he meant to say was Baltimore didn't either. Quit blaming me, Gruden tweeted at RG3 or posted towards RG3. And that was a kill shot because it's 100% true. And RG3 had no clue that was coming. He thought Gruden didn't want the fight. He kept pressuring because Gruden refused to push back. Eventually, it was a previous tweet. Gruden was like, you want to go here? You want to go there? And Gruden went there. It was devastating. Now, Gruden deleted the tweet because as soon as he sent it, I've been there too. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Because your anger and your emotion get you and you realize, I don't want to say that because it crosses a line where you destroy somebody. I have an issue about destroying people. I have a scorched earth mentality, but I've got to be really pushed to not care how I destroy you and your family. But once I get to that point, it's about you hurting me and my family. And uh, obviously this was a tweet post that none of that was in, was in Gruden's mind. He was just angry at that moment. And it was what you call an ugly truth. And it ended the fight. At that point, anything Griffin said was moot because the ugly truth had been stated. Uh, shortly after that, the fight ended. Gruden was on a podcast where I guess he's a guest. They talk sports betting or, or, or something of that nature. And he pretty much, they asked him, what's your, you know, what's your final words on this? And he's very tactful. He let it go. You know, everybody's hammering Gruden. Gruden was a professional here outside of that one tweet. Gruden should never have engaged. RG3 was being an immature punk kid. He was acting like he did uh, back in 2012, you know, uh, being the arrogant uh, star. He was acting like an arrogant fool here. And Gruden took him down. You know, his entire act was juvenile. It was offensive in certain ways. He was looking for a fight, trying to demean somebody. You know, RG3 makes stupid tweets and comments. You know, he had a, he was kind of a bit of a, a conservative, a moderate. Now he's gone full-blown leftist because he realized that wasn't getting him anywhere. His NFL career was over. You know, great personality, very likable. You know, he flipped the switch and became one of these uh, uh, race hustlers. So that's why I stopped liking him. I'm like, what happened to you, dude? You know, you get a little adversity and you become the victim. You know, you became a race baiter. He's loud and obnoxious and the woke crowd loves it. But the, he doesn't like it when he gets pushed back. 
but being loud and obnoxious in a race baiter is now his thing. I was told he was a prima donna at Baylor, a me first guy. I, that never came across to me, but looking back at, at how he handled that situation with Shanahan and with his early seasons and then uh, with Gruden, and then now as as an ESPN, uh, he carries the water for, for, for the race baiting leftism, for the wokeness. Uh, he became an uber progressive. And boom, he's on ESPN's payroll advancing those false narratives and those flat out lies. And people say this is neither here nor there, but it is. As they say in court, judge, it goes to show character. You know, he left his wife right after they had their kid. Had a social media affair with somebody he met. Yeah, it speaks a lot to his character. I don't care what you do if you want to have an extramarital affair. You know, uh, 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 you're you're consenting adults, but to leave your wife right after she had her baby, but a few months, there's something wrong with you when you're that type of human being. You know, <laughs> it's funny. The sailor in me goes, oh, they were just sleeping around. No harm, no foul. Victimless crime. That's a that's not a victimless crime. He's got a kid there. He needs to be a father to. <laughs> I remember also Kirk Cousins eventually won the job and made a financial killing. I think he had like three years straight of being franchise tagged, which earned him more money overall uh, than, than a, a long-term contract. Then you talk about, what was it, like $80 million guaranteed in Minnesota? Oh, my God, the guy probably cleared $150 million after taxes, about $60 million, you know? So he did very well for himself. And it all came about because Robert Griffin III couldn't handle the star he was, and they wanted him to make him. He wanted everything now, now, now on his turns. So when Kirk Cousins was drafted in the third round, I was shocked. I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't draft somebody in the third round without a reason. And uh, I had no idea how raw uh, RG3 was at that point. But that there's no ifs, ands, or buts. That's why they, the, the Shanahan regime wanted to take him. They wanted somebody who wasn't as raw just in case. Uh, critics said, oh, he's there to push him, which was true. And then some critics, Rock Cousins can't carry his job. Heisman Trophy winner, who's Cousins, but a nice QB. I think he went to Michigan State. I can't remember. Uh, and in and, 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 and my research, the Dan, some of this talk happened on the Dan Patrick show. Not Dan Patrick's fault, but that's what people were talking then. So who's really at fault? Easy. RG3, his father, and Dan Snyder. His father and Snyder, his family encouraged him, and Snyder encouraged him and enabled him to remain immature, not grow, not want to understand the bigger picture. It was about me, 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 me. So how is this Jay Gruden's fault? You know, our, when this started, RG3, he was kind of mixing the Shanahan time frame into the Jay Gruden as if his failures as an NFL quarterback were all was all on Jay Gruden. And that's not true. You know, <clears throat> he got Shanahan fired. Neither Cleveland nor Baltimore worked out. And nobody wanted RG3 after he was like, oh, look, I was still rooting for RG3. Man, I was hoping in Cleveland he could get the opportunity. He did get opportunity, just showed nothing. Then obviously in Baltimore, he was there to be uh, 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 Lamar's backup, you know. And nobody wants RG3 anymore. And based on where he was drafted as the second as the second overall pick, he's nothing but another version of Ryan Leaf, a bus. 
course, Ryan Lee didn't even have a rookie season. He was a prima donna from the get-go. RJ, RG3 was the same. So you get two busts, Ryan Leaf, RG3, second overall picks uh, 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 in, the, in the NFL draft, high accolades, great collegiate careers. They're busting in the NFL. It happens. With RG3, I don't think it had to have happened. Hell, with Ryan Leaf, it didn't have it to happen. That's what happens when you get prima donnas who've never been told and enter a league where they're not the star. They are a, they are boys amongst men early on, whereas in college they were men amongst boys. And that is in a nutshell why RG3 isn't in the league anymore. His own immaturity, his own lack of wanting to understand the big picture and listening to the wrong people. Look, Mike Shanahan went two Super Bowls. Kyle Shanahan designed uh, that offense, and we've seen what players in his offense can do. Uh, and, in fact, that was the offense that gave uh, RG3 his breakout year, his rookie year. Gruden staff, look, listen to this. <laughs> Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniels. <laughs> Matt LaFleur, he's down the head coach for the Packers. Uh, his team has been perennial playoff teams. Sean McVay is a Super Bowl winning coach. Granted, he had to get mercenaries. But the job he did this season was incredible. And Mike McDaniels. He's a head coach, he's, has elevated the Miami Dolphins, rejuvenated to a Tagolivia, I always mispronounce it, to his career. So no, Gruden and the coaching staff weren't the problem, RG3. So let's close it out. What's the bottom line? RG's brilliance was his mobility and being a man amongst boys at Baylor. He'd never been a pocket passer before wanting to be one, and his defense that's what the transition and the long uh, game, uh, the bigger picture should have been. But the learning curve was too big for them to end his play style, uh, uh, being a mobile QB and making him a pure play drop back passer. There was just it just wasn't going to happen how RG3 wanted it. Uh, he wanted all the rushing plays removed from the book. And he and his dad were convinced he was the next Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers. And maybe he could have been. But he wasn't that player in 2012, his rookie season, his second or third season. He wouldn't become that player until right around his third, fourth, or fifth season. It takes time to develop it. You only have an X amount of games, practice time. You have to really dedicate yourself in the offseason. Him and his dad went to Dan Snyder. They complained about it. They aligned, them, they aligned themselves with the owner over the head coach, and they got him fired. And now he returned to attack Jay Gruden. You didn't know how to coach a running quarterback. You didn't want to be a running quarterback. So he didn't need to learn how to coach a running quarterback. The problem was you were a terrible dropback passer. You weren't a dropback passer. And let's not forget, RG3 wouldn't slide. If he knew how to slide properly, his knee wouldn't have been so as devastated as it became with his injury. Kirk Cousins ended up becoming the huge success RG3 wasn't. You know, Gruden had an offense led by Cousins, and it set records there in, in Washington. You know, people want to blame uh, uh, Gruden when the truth of the matter is the Washington Redskins at the time, their culture, their owner, it was just terrible, terrible for an office. Bad drafts after bad drafts. Snyder mortgaged the future in RG3, uh, and then it didn't pan out because of injury. Uh, he was a meddling owner who didn't know what he was doing, meddling, and that's why they had 30 years of losing. You know, now John Gruden did did fail when he said to say he doesn't remember telling RG3 to do the press conference. And then later on, he said, you know, I remember that press conference, you know. Uh, but his final tweet and his final statements, he kind of took uh, some of the blame because he just wanted this, this storyline to end. It does him no good if he ever wants to get back in the coaching ranks.
RG3 doesn't matter. He's not going to become an a, a NFL quarterback again. Look, the NFL has a small window. <laughs> and when you age out of it, you age out of it. You know? And that, my friends, is where we stand with the RG3 Jay Gruden battle. It was a battle. RG3 was always doomed to lose because at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins was a better quarterback. RG3 had no clue how to be a successful dropback quarterback, nor did he want to take the time to learn. He just wanted the team to start doing it. Damn the torpedoes. <laughs> you know, he was then traded to Cleveland. We saw him play. We saw him start a couple games. They didn't want him once they saw what they had. Once they saw that the knee limited what made him such a great college quarterback. He backed up Lamar in, 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 in Baltimore for a little while. Then he ceased to exist as an NFL quarterback. That is why Gruden's tweet was so devastating. So I hope RG3 can mature and grow and become a better human being because he's not a very good human being right now. I hope Jay Gruden stays away from these battles in the future. He should never have entered it. He should have probably DM'd them and gone, look, I don't want to do this in public. But if you want to, we will. But I don't want to. So let's just, just, let's just save it for another day privately. You know, maybe that's what he should have done because Gruden probably hurt his potential to go back to the NFL if he wants. But in the end, RG3 was taken to the woodshed and beaten with that one tweet. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It was a long one on one topic, but there's a lot of history and you needed to know the whole context of this. A lot of morons on social media don't. And they have formulated uh, and they formulated opinions that are completely wrong because they don't don't know the backstory. Do not forget, you can check this podcast and my other points on the board podcast with my co-host Eddie Aparicio at grumblingsmedia.com. You can check us out on Rumble and YouTube under the profile handle Grumblings Media. You can also listen to us in our traditional or at traditional podcast outlets such as Pandora, Spotify, Google, and Apple. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Please follow and share. And until next time, I am William Del Pilar for Points on the Board, and I wish you adieu.